I do have a lot of opportunities for after high school, so I will be playing regardless next year. Doesn't I don't know where yet because I've got a lot of places. So there's the USHL draft coming up. I'm hoping to be in that, you know, colleges and all that. I plan to play college hockey, so just got to see where the road takes me, and I'm just following it and living my life. I was just going to ask, you had every college, Division One school, and they had an offer for you, full scholarship ride. What school are you choosing? Definitely not. Welcome back to the Sabre Hockey Show. My name is Yuri Houston. Here with me again today is my co-host, head coach, Calvin Simon. And joining us today is the gunslinger himself, Jackson Vogel. <laughs> yeah, uh, today's show should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, the section realignment. You know, those were announced uh, this last week. Uh, I think we'll also jump into some high-performance HP rosters for the spring that are starting to come out. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about... The, the NCAA men's championship game between Gophers and Quinnipiac, I got to imagine we'll, we'll talk about that at some point too. And if you haven't, make sure you give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening on. And also, if you enjoy our show, make sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. A five-star rating, preferably. Well, we actually did get our first rating on Apple Podcasts. I Shout out that. to Senior Sabre fan who left a five-star rating as he said, as a spectator, it's fun to know more about the team. Great start. Looking forward to the next one. I, uh, I know who that was. I, I, I figured out who that was. There was a clue. Um, confirm. On that note, there's two hearts or two yeah. uh, red and a black. Um, so that is not a he. Uh, that is a she. That one rating we got, um, are you ready for it? Drum roll. Let's hear it. That's my mom. (laughs) Shout out to Mary Simon. She's been a super fan for such a long time, um, you know, over 20 years, uh, closer to 30 years. So when she says senior, she's talking about, uh, you know, her senior citizen pass and how she gets into the games and how she loves uh, loves the team and following it, so... No, that's absolutely great. But if you missed our last episode, just make sure to go give it a listen, preferably after you finish this episode, as we are excited to bring you guys the most up-to-date news of Sabre Hockey every two weeks. Well, Jackson, thank you for coming on the show. I know I'm talking to you, it's a little, it was a little late notice, but we talked last week and it it's been good. Tough ride getting you on. I'm sure when I called you, were like, I don't know. I'm just kidding. He he was. Oh, I, I want to come on the podcast. Listen to the first he was one. Jumping at the bit, wasn't he? Like I called him. We got off the ice. I believe it was what Thursday or something last week, and we're recording an episode next week. I want. We want you to get on. I'll send you some stuff. I was like, Do you want to do it? And he's like, Oh yeah, I listened to the first episode. I really liked it. Love to have you on. Uh, so. I, I'm just excited uh, so we can kind of get your perspective on all this stuff. We'll talk a little bit about you later, but we'll get into some 
hotter topics well, this first. This supposed to be the the Simpson episode. We told our our listeners that this was going to be Cooper, and you know he's actually uh, at the weight room. He, he's he's in school right now. We're recording, but he's got he's going to the weight room later today. Uh, so we don't want to get in the way of that. And those that know. Um, we we want to fuel that fire as much as we can and let him <laughs> pump the iron. So um, shout out to Cooper there, and we'll get him on another episode. So Jackson, welcome, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me so much. I'm excited to be here. Of course. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I know we, on Saturday, were recording this on a Monday. On Saturday, me and Jackson were over at one of our alumni, good buddies' house, uh, Evan Hansen, and we were watching the national championship game. Obviously, Jackson, a studded gopher fan, um, wasn't too happy about the results. Wanted them to win so bad. <laughs> so bad. I did too. I did too. I found myself rooting for them. Uh, I'm in a better place about it now, and, and we'll get into that. I know because we've, we've been we've been chatting about it before we hit record. But what a tough, tough, tough loss for Gophers. I mean, I I like to see it. A uh, UND fan over here, so I was rooting for Quinnipiac. I kind of like the underdog necessarily. I guess you could say Quinnipiac was the underdog, but yeah. They deserved every little bit of that win, getting through Michigan and then Minnesota. I, well, I thought the Michigan game was going to be closer. I think it ended, what, 5-2? Yeah, I, I forget now, but it was it was a good route for a Quinnipiac team to go through both Michigan and, and the Gophers Final Four into the championship. You know, you, you think about winning it, you don't want it to be just handed to Really, you want it anyway, but you don't want the, the critics to come after you and say it was too easy and... You know, Quinnipiac, what else are they, you know, D1 national spotlight, national champions? I, I, I mean, people don't even know about them. I watched the the game with uh, my wife's family and multiple times. Now, where is this place? You know, and we're looking it up on the maps and, and it's in Connecticut and it's a tiny campus. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, Coach, Coach Pecknold has done a great job. That's the story for me. He's 29 years he's been coaching and all 29 years have been for Quinnipiac. They started as a D3. They then transitioned into D1. You know, according to him, they were an awful D3. And so for a guy to coach 29 years anywhere in any capacity, uh, I applaud that. It's impressive. And uh, for a guy to coach 29 years at the same university, that's unbelievably impressive. And then, you know, to finally win one, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, I mean, you don't even see that in really any other sport. Even in the NHL or even juniors or even high school, most of the coaches, I mean, high, even high school coaches, you talk about some of them will go 10, 15, maybe 20 at the most. Obviously, there's a couple of coaches that have been here a little longer than that. But a lot of places you don't see guys stick around for that long because of system changes, how the game changes throughout time. So it's it's pretty cool to see that he's been there his 29th season, finally gets that championship for them, bringing it all the way from a low-tier D3 program all the way up to D1. That's it. The story is there, I guess you could say. A lot of people like to say for the script writers. The, yeah, sc- the story's there for sure. Well, and earlier this year, they lost to Colgate, who's at the bottom of their division. And then you go to win the national championship against two of the top teams that yep. have been at the top all year. Yep. Anything can happen, right? That's what I mean, we love about the game. That's why you guys show up. That's why I'm on you guys all the time about being prepared and staying focused. And it's it's usually those games, the, the Colgate-type games for them, the, yep. the games where the, the opponent is inferior and you know your guys know that. And you're like, okay, what process are they going to skip? Yep. You know, if they're a pre-name, pregame nap guy, are they going to do their nap? If they're, you know, what just stick to the process, treat everyone the same, and you usually get the results. So I'm sure they... It was a little bit of a trap game for him, I'm sure. Gotta love a trap game. 
<laughs> well, and you had Quinnipiac was this is their third national championship game. Obviously, as a North Dakota fan, I remember the one of the ones they lost. Of course you do. Uh, they uh, they lost to Yale in 2013, and then lost to UND in 2016. So it was a big game for both programs. I mean, you could say the Gophers were hunting their first in 20 years. Quinnipiac was hunting their first ever in their program's history. So it's a big game either way. Whoever won, obviously in Minnesota, you have a lot more. Even if you're not a Gopher fan, if you're Someone out, you root for St. Cloud or Duluth or some UND fans or whatever. Uh, a lot of people I know were rooting for the Gophers that normally wouldn't root for the Gophers just because they wanted a Minnesota school to win uh, and have that pride come back home. But yeah, you know, in Minnesota, the, this winter in particular was really harsh. It was long, a lot of snow, and you know, we just struggled to produce champions uh, on a national professional scale, right? That's no secret. Right? We all have a smile on our face as I say that. It's, <laughs> and so I found myself like, I grew up a Gophers fan, but I, I haven't been, you know, full-fledged. I haven't been to a Gopher hockey game in a long time. Um, just is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm busy and, and appreciate, you know, a lot of the teams for different reasons and mostly gener- gravitate to like who the coaches are and, and, and whatnot. And so it's, it's just, I don't know. It was, I found myself rooting for him. Now, after all the dust has settled, I'm actually like, Matt, I wasn't rooting for Quinnipiac in the moment. Now what I know about the coach, you know, I didn't I didn't realize he had been there for 29 years. He started when he was 27 years old coaching Division three hockey, right? I thought I was young coaching high school hockey when I started at 30. And this guy was 27, uh, leading men. Same age. You know, exactly. <laughs> He's got guys a couple years younger than him that he was leading at that time. And so it's just, it's a, it's a really cool story. Um, and it took them, you know, three times to, to finally get the big one and they got it done. You know, it's now been 20 years or we're going to go on to 21 years since the Gophers have won one. And that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. I, I think we should just kind of segue or move on. Well, into I got to, I got to ask, I got to ask Jackson a question. Cause I know he was rooting for the Gophers and the overtime has been a big topic of discussion. So Jackson, if, if I, if we're in the overtime in any championship game and, you know, I've got you and, you know, Cooper and Toward, uh, and let's say, you know, Steiny and Kolchkin on the bench to start the overtime. How do you feel about that? Um, depending on how that first line does that goes out there before us. Um, <laughs> I'm either feeling really good or I'm having a really bad day after that. Sure. And from what the Gophers went through, I'm having a really bad day. Yeah, I I, I figured you'd say that. It's by no means do I want to be uh, any more critical than I should be of of Coach Motsko. Of course, he's had a fantastic coaching career, and um, I've I've got a long ways to go to be anywhere in that category. But um, it's just one of those head scratchers, right? That after the all all the dust has settles and you and you, you hindsight look back at it, you're like, man, no Cooley. No nice, no snugs, no favor. No, I mean, you got two Hobie Baker finalists, right? And you've got a two-time Big Ten you know, Defensive Player of the Year on the bench to start the period. But that's just what they were doing. That's that's how they started the first period. That's how they started the second period, the third period, and on to overtime. They kept it rolling. Um, you know, I guess if I'm being critical, I thought Quinnipiac outplayed them in the second and third period, so it could have been time for a changeup. But Again, I was sitting on the couch. Um, I was, you know, very comfortable watching the game. It's very easy to make decisions from there. I know that. So, but I wanted, I wanted Jackson's uh, opinion on that. Well, I mean, when they ran that play to start the period or to start overtime, I was, I was like kind of happy because, I, you know, that was the play we would run here, and it worked out so well. I mean, I guess the team I was cheering for, and it, 
made the goalie and all those defensemen look stupid almost. Yeah. Yeah, they got him. It's, it's, you know, we run a play, we call it fire. It's similar to what they did there when it works. It's really great. And then, um, you know, you had a couple guys out of position that Quinnipiac scored a goal. Um, I can't remember if it was the first, or, no, it was the first one. And it was on that backdoor play, right? It was a it almost exact setup, right? It was a guy driving wide uh, from the goalie looking out to the left side. And then he, he slid the puck across and tapped it in right on the far post. Yeah. And so you got the same thing, guy driving wide, slides it over. And instead of tapping on the far post, he pulls it forehand, backhand and finishes back on that near side post. And you could tell Close was anticipating the same play he got scored on before. So he went full butterfly slide to the far post and yeah. and he was cooked and, and the game was over. And yeah, tougher golfers. But again, like I said, I'm 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 overwhelmed for Quinnipiac and, and for for Coach Pecknold and what a what a remarkable accomplishment. Well, and you could even say it's Obviously, the loss hurts the Gophers, but you could say the Gophers in the past following days, we're recording this on a Monday, it's been two days since the National Championship game, and they've had two guys sign their NHL contract. Faber for the Wild, already talking about, he was dressed today practicing. I've actually got three guys. Three guys? Uh, Lacombe just signed his uh, two-year entry level with uh, the Ducks today. Look at Jackson coming in with all the knowledge, right? It's prepped. I like it. So then you He's got- a hockey guy. So oh, yeah. Of course. I've been staying up to the news. I, I follow Twitter a little bit, but I, I don't see sometimes the updated news you see from like 19 hours ago. They kind of squiggle into your feed. But yeah, so you had what? Faber on the wild. Then you got Nyes for the Maple Leafs. Yep. We'll see how much he kind of impacts because the Maple Leafs are a pretty stacked team. But I feel like Faber and Lacombe could yeah. definitely make a good push on those rosters, especially with the Wild. I heard that the Wild held out Kaprizov, Spurgeon. There's like four guys that aren't traveling with the team for the last three games yeah. or two out of the three games or whatever. And that, I'm, that's just baffling. But that means say Faber is going to hop into the lineup most likely. I mean, he was practicing today. I mean, I'm excited so, to watch him tonight. So yeah. we'll see how he does. That's that's a big props to the Gophers there, having two days out of the national championship and you already got three guys signed. That's definitely a big deal for the golfers that I would say that's a win in their category for sure. You know, question, you know, question. So, well, cool. That's our, uh, our recap on the, the national championship game. And, um, uh, I think we got to jump into some, some more saber specific stuff. We had some cool news go on. Um, you had section assignments come out. We've also got some HP stuff going on. So I'd like to jump into talking about, you know, the section assignments. I think I think people were very optimistic or hopeful um, that there'd be a, a change within Section 2AA, whether it involved us or not. You know, we talked about it in the last show or last episode that it's just, it's a tough section. I think you called it the the section of death or something, I think, something like that. Absolutely. That, that's what I call it to um, this day. But, you know, we, we didn't have much change. We added a team, so we didn't lose anybody. So, you know, you, you got all the powers back that we discussed in the last episode. You add Waconia. Um, who is up and coming. You know, they've got, you know, a good group of guys there that I think are going to, you know, give pushes, especially in the playoffs and in the quarterfinals, no question. Um, they'll have to acclimate to from, from you know, where they were in single A to double A. But, um, yeah, section two double A doesn't make much of a change. So what are your guys' thoughts on adding Waconia? Um, me personally, I, I don't really know. I think it's just going to give – two teams a fair chance to get a section win faster than all of us and it took us at least sure double a sure like yeah. we talked about earlier i mean it's yeah because they'll probably play the, the eight and nine seed 
in a play-in game is usually how they do that when you have an odd number of teams. So I think they'll be now up to nine teams. All of this too with the section assignments is subject to change because there's appeals that happen. And um, so it's still kind of in a process, but they've they've posted what they've proposed to happen. But yeah, I hear, I can see that happen. I could see, uh, you know, team eight and team nine playing in a playoff game, play-in game um, and getting a, a, a section win in 2AA um, and it took us took us quite a while to get one. I don't even want to count the years. I don't want to remember. Nope, we'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then you know one double A, uh, which is one of the ones you know closest to us just geographically, and you know one I think a lot of people have their eyes on to see strengthened, uh, even to see you know a Shakopee or a Prior Lake of the two teams. I heard a lot of people talking about to jump in there. Neither us or Prior Lake were added. We both stay in Section Two Double A. One Double A adds two teams um, from Single A. They add Northfield and they add New Prague. Both teams were in the One A Section Championship. So you get two teams that have been, you know, competitive and and growing and uh, you know competing in state tournaments at the Single A level over the last couple of years. Um, but now Section One A Class A. Um, loses two pretty top teams, so it kind of opens the door there. So I got to imagine, you know, people down there, Dodge County and whatnot, are are pretty excited to see those guys leave. Well, Thoughts on Northfield and New Prague joining, and this the state of Section One AA. I'd love to hear your guys' take. I just think that when you move teams like that, like I understand maybe if you moved Northfield or New Prague, like one of them up, and then keep another. I mean, they're the two section final teams. In the in single A for that section, and then you move both of them up. That, like you said, it opens up that whole single A section to now whoever else is left. So like Dodge County or some of the other teams in that section now are like, oh, we got a little bit easier path. We don't got to play one or both of those teams to try and go to state. And so I think those, like you said, those guys, those uh, communities are happy about it. But if I was I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes if I was someone in either a player or someone in the youth coming up through New Prague and Northfield I'd be excited because yes we're moving up to double a our communities are growing we're playing at the highest level now we're not just a single a team but you still have to think about it now you're competing with the likes of south north even some of the rochester teams uh that a lot of those teams in that section have been there for a while and they they consider it one of the lesser tough sections as you've been seeing north or south mainly come out of that section for the last 10 i don't know 10 years or whatever it is yeah and it's it's no i mean the the reality is lakeville south and lakeville north over the last 10 15 20 years and even when they were just lakeville they're they're really good teams. There's nobody's trying to take anything away from them, right? And we've struggled with our own challenges of beating them. You know, we're on a mission to to to, to get south. We've gotten north a couple times, um, and so the, not take anything away from them. It's about the depth, right? It's about all the other teams that are able to compete for that. It's basically been Lakeville North, Lakeville South, right? With a with a couple of mixes. I think Farmington went once. Otherwise, it's just been them. So that's where you're trying to see it, you know, add some some sort of, you know, team that can jump in with those guys and compete and make it a little bit more of an opportunity for another team to maybe have a Cinderella story and do a Quinnipiac and make it into the big thing. But um, it looks like it's it's set up to be, and again, unless Northfield and New Prague, you know, bring some fire to it, um, or, you know, here's the section. So Section 1AA is Farmington, Lakeville North, Lakeville South, 
Um, they've added New Prague, they've added Northfield, Owatonna, Rochester Century, Rochester John Marshall, and Rochester Mayo. That's section one double A. So to me, I, I I think you know that's probably Lakeville South, Lakeville North um, in the in the championship uh, probably. You could probably look at the past five to ten years. That's most likely been that matchup. What at least nine of those ten years, most likely maybe eight. Uh, it it comes to the point where it's like it, it would be to say you have Minnetonka versus Eden Prairie every single year in the section championship. You want to add some variety. You want to add some, and not to say that that's what it's been, but it's you want to add some spice into it. And section two double A has been a lot of Minnetonka at Eden Prairie, though. Yeah. It has been a lot of them. There's, there's no doubt, right? Yep. But but you see, like this year, the championship was Minnetonka and Chanhassen, yeah. right? Well, and then you and had the, the year prior before Lake. that, it was Prior Lake and Chaska, right? So yeah. there's there's different you know yeah. people getting a chance at the dance and that's that's what's exciting right section two double a um like i said remains intact for those that don't know the full section it's bloomington jefferson chanhassen chaska eden prairie holy family minnetonka prior lake uh waconia and of course shakopee so um there's, there's just a lot of good teams there uh, you know uh, minnetonka looks to probably reload if they if they bring all their guys back there'll be another tough one guess what chanhassen does the same thing they're bringing all their guys back they're a bunch of juniors, a juniors. Um, so they'll they'll look to be really tough again you know it, you know jackson you're out so you know we're bummed about that of course just from a, a competitive standpoint but other guys will step in and you know we like our our chances to be competitive and get ourselves into a championship game too and see if we can unlock that opportunity for ourselves yeah sweet any other co comments or thoughts on uh section talk i think i voiced my uh i wouldn't say concerns but voiced my opinion on uh one still molding at being moved over there i don't, maybe. I don't know how i feel about one because i mean like how do you how do you feel about going into each season as north and south and knowing oh we're gonna see you later again this year in the section final and it's going to be one or the other. I mean, you don't have to worry about any other team. It's uh, like, a, I think we all see it the same. I think a lot of people do. Um, North and South seem to love it. And I would too. Um, and, I, you know, I used to coach on there. So I, I know how that is. And it's 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 a battle though too, a North-South game. And that is oh, yeah. a rivalry like you've never seen, guys. It's Best they, buds. They do uh, the Panaprog, their, their city days. They do a parade. And <laughs> my first time down there, it was... You know, Lakeville North, Lakeville South, and LHA, the association, all had floats in this parade. And you're going down this, you know, main streets of Lakeville, and one second, you know, they're cheering for you, saying "Go South," and the next second, they're throwing candy back at you and, <laughs> and booing you in your own city. It's like, you know, we're, these are just high school kids, but but the passion is through the roof, of course. So, um, yeah. So we'll move into high performance HP. I believe you have the roster for the 17 team from section two. Yeah. I don't have the roster for 17 in front of me, but I know that it's a really good team. Uh, we don't have any sabers uh, on that roster. That roster has been announced. Um, you know, I think that's something that 
probably could have been a, an opportunity for our goaltender, Alexi Houston. Um, he's a competitive tennis player. He plays varsity tennis. Uh, I think he was named captain for their team. So um, he just wasn't, you know, that wasn't an option for him based on the time commitment and when those two seasons take place. So we've got zero Sabres on that, but it's a really good team. Uh, HP 16, that team was announced. Uh, we've got... We've got one Sabre that made that. Um, that is uh, 27, uh, Carson Steinhoff. You know, he's, he's a heck of a player, right? Jackson, you play with him. What are your thoughts on Carson? I love Carson. I mean, I was I hung out with him all last summer. We would go work out probably at Will this year. Played with him for two seasons now. Unbelievable kid. Funny. Fun to be around. Just I like the kid a lot. Jackson, er, he's listening to this right now. Carson is, and he's got such he's gonna a, get a big smile. ego, and oh, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna <laughs> tomorrow, yeah, and he's gonna be like, all right, I'm down, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hear it tomorrow. But I mean, I can't can't lie about him. He's a great kid. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He's got a good heart. You know, you have a couple of guys that did not participate that previously have been, you know, HP guys. Uh, Cooper Simpson did not. You know, he was a, a NTDP a guy. He went and did that experience uh, and so did not do the HP process. Um, you know, Cooper Siegert, um, you know, has had a little bit of uh, personal illness, uh, so he was unable to participate. Uh, but he's a guy that has, you know, usually been competitive into HP rosters and experiences. Uh, and then goaltender Connor Hudson, um, you know, is another guy that's made the HP teams over the years and did not participate um, for their own personal reasons. I, I think we had a couple of our guys, you know, our 07 class, 07 birth year group is is really deep. Um, and I think we had a couple of guys that maybe thought they should have or could have. Um, and, and and I would definitely think they, they should have um, and know they could have made the team but did not. It's competitive, though, so I get that. Uh, I'm trying not to be too critical. What are your guys' thoughts when I tell you that both Will Youngberg, Nate Heilman did not make the team? For me, it's with Will. He was a hard worker. He always was. Loved to be around the kid. Of course, me and him had our moments. Yeah, like, you guys you know, did have some moments, <laughs> didn't did. you? We did. Yeah, and, you know, we don't always agree on some things, but he was a great kid. And I mean, he put in the work throughout the season for sure. He built his way up. He was on JV for a little bit, but he got his minutes. And I mean, from what I saw, I definitely think he should have been able to play on that team but and then I just didn't see Nathan as much to know like what he if he should have made the team or not I mean I liked being around the kid he's a great funny kid to be around I mean always cracked up jokes him and Will sat next to each other so they would always be tag teaming off of each other just like Lucas and Ben you know? <laughs> of course yeah I think I think we Nathan's, know how that goes Nathan's pretty raw in terms of just that level and, and whatnot. He's got a ton of upside. We're obviously he's really excited big. about him. Yeah, he's got the size. Yeah. He's got the dedication, great personality. He's, he's got a nice shot too. I he, wish I had that shot. He, he can rip it. That's wild. You hear Vogel wishing he had someone <laughs> else's shot. We're going to clip that one. That one's going <laughs> to go on a, a bit I, right there. I uh, but I, I liked your comments on Youngberg. I know you guys, um, you know, that's the competitive nature of both of you guys had some testy moments, but of course he works hard. Um, Here's another one. Um, I saved this one on purpose. I left this one out. Uh, Jack Kolchkin did not make it. He went through the entire process, uh, and they did not put him on their roster. What are you guys' thoughts? I'm a little speechless about that one because, I mean, from what Fernsey has been joking around all season, stuff about him, and, of course, the USHL draft coming up and him possibly being a selection in that, it's a feels like a me moment almost from me going through that process for four years almost three or four years and not getting chosen yep and that's a little nuts to me yeah I, I I would agree it's it's again it's a competitive field 
you know, the thing is we're really biased. Jack means a whole lot. We played him a ton. You know, he he does a lot of things really well. He's good with the puck. He's good defending. Um, we played him a ton. Um, so it's hard for us to wrap our head around it. But uh, based on their evaluation, they didn't take him. My, my question is, and why I wanted to bring it up, you know, you guys gone through HP processes. Talk about, you know, what it was like for, you know, your experiences, because I know things didn't always work out and, and you had some frustrated feelings and then how you then use that as motivation. And, and was it the end of your you know career? Or did it uh, did it stop you in any way or were you still able to go on? Obviously, we know you guys had productive high school experiences, but just talk to the people about not making an HP team when maybe you should have or could have. What I did personally was I just joined another team over that summer, got better, and I went into my high school years, and I feel like I did pretty well, and I hope they missed out on it. So, Yep, no question. Yeah, for me, I mean, I only tried out two years. One of the years uh, was in Bantams when I was playing up. Uh, my first year Bams when we had uh, some of the likes of Bigouette and Dawson and some of the older guys that I luckily got to play with during high school. So there was one tryout year with that. That was probably my better year. I made it to, they had the process then was it was like they had the main tryout with everybody and then they would like cut like half the kids. It wasn't the actual team, like the 30 man roster uh, before they cut down to 20, but it was like rape. They cut some of the kids that they knew they weren't going to pick. And so the first year I didn't make it to that. But the next year I, I did make it to that. Like, I guess you could say like the second, second phase yeah. of the main tryout portion. And then I ended up didn't making the team. But for me, I was always a lacrosse guy. So like that was during my lacrosse. Season, so I would had to play both. I, obviously I always wanted to play HB. I always knew a lot of guys on the team. Uh, but for me, I used it kind of as far. I did other hockey training I played a lot of different AAA teams growing up. So for me, I didn't think of it as the end of the world. For me, obviously, I was another multi-sport athlete. So I was doing something else during that time, um, kind of my break from hockey. But for me, I just knowing going into it, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do the best I can. If they like me and they like my game, they'll take me. If they're, they don't like me for some reason, whatever, like I'm not going to take that. I was 14 like 12, 14 years old, what am I going to do? These are adults choosing the team. I can't say, hey, I'm better than this kid. Why didn't you pick me? Like, that's not the person I was back then. That's not the person I am now. But I just, I didn't take it personal. I know some people do. They're like, oh, I should be on that team. This I'm better than this kid. But I always use it as, okay, well, I'm going to show, I'll, I'll during high school, I'll probably play against a lot of these guys. Let me go. I'm going to put it in the real season when it actually matters because this is just, more scouting, more developmental stuff in the off season that you can kind of use. I kind of took it as well. If they don't want me to do that, I'll do my own training and I'll be better. No, question. that's what that's how I took it. Yeah, I think it's and I I, I wanted you guys to talk on it because obviously I know you guys and know your stories, but I it's it's the you know old saying of you know it's not about what happens to you it's about how you respond to it so you know a couple guys didn't get picked and so how are they going to respond right are they gonna you know cry in their pillow or are they gonna you know put the work in anyways right and knowing these guys are going to put the work in anyways um, they're going to use it as motivation right we now know with the you know u.s ntdp rosters coming out right they they made the decision not to select simpson um i, I imagine yeah, coop's going to use that as motivation right 
would it have been a great opportunity for him? We can all agree on that, right? And would he have thrived in that environment? Of course. Um, and and they didn't take him. So now he's got to use that as another piece of motivation, just like Kolchkin, just like Heilman, just like Youngberg, just like all the guys that have gone through these HP processes are going through these HP processes and, you know, aren't getting it. You know, you look at our, our HP, um, you know, 15s and, you know, it's, it's, you know, similar situation. We don't have a ton of guys in there, but we have some. And so, you know, I think they're still rounding out their roster. It's in like the like second phase like you talked yeah. about um goaltender nicholas hewson uh, i think he's still in the group they, they, they don't post this stuff anywhere so i gotta rely on a lot of hearsay to figure yeah. out who but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's nicholas hewson and, and carter wagner um so you know two shock guys you know I, I know nicholas played uh for the the sioux falls power this last year um but as a shock guy enrolled in shock schools and plans to you know be a part of the trial process and and, and pursue a varsity or junior varsity spot uh, and Carter Wagner's been a Shakopee guy in a multi-sport. And so it's been fun to watch his progression and watch him develop. And HP 14, same thing. I'm, I'm relying on some some hearsay. But I know the only peewee they allowed into the process, which our peewee 18 was really good, guys. So it was a little frustrating that we didn't get more in. But, you know, Gavin White um, is in the process and has made it into round two. Um, and I think there's a couple other guys from from the Bantam side of things, uh, a Jackson Hurst, I'm pretty sure Jack Clements, um, and I, I'm not sure, but maybe even a Cole Davis, some of these guys that are all nines that are in the HP 14. So just a little update on the HPs. I think it's, you know, it's a good thing. You know, if you're in there, it's not the end of the world. If you're not in there, it's one of those things where, you know, you just got to sift and sort through the information and then make the next best play you can. Yeah. Well, I think Jackson we can start talking a little more about you. Let's dive into Jackson. Let's dive into some, the dive the hard hitting questions. The the career and the inside the behind the scenes of Vogel. Obviously, we know you've played shock pee hockey all through. I was on your might team yeah, for a year or two. Uh I, I think we can attest to mine and Jackson's team probably being one of the best might teams I think we've ever had. Oh, I had people talking to me about it the other day, how it was unreal that we were on the same team, and it was unfair. Yeah. yeah. Really well, they had I, – all I remember is that I think they had to put in the scoring limit. You're only allowed to score three goals a game because we, 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 we would score – we were on a line, we would score nine goals, <laughs> and then our team would win by a blowout. So they had we to – We were told, you know what, you're going to sit here and you can watch. <laughs> too many goals and then i'd accidentally sneak a fourth one in I'll, it happened to actually have a story i was skating on the ice and i shot the puck to pass it because i didn't want to score and so it hit off the defenseman skate and went in and the coach yelled at me <laughs> and i was i've never been yelled at for scoring before yeah. and that was a first for me especially at a young yeah, age i don't think I, awesome. I, I may have yelled at you but i don't think it was for scoring out there I, I for everybody listening if you could see the giant smiles these guys have their their chest puffed out they feel very good about their might experience so that's just that's great to hear player. though <laughs> Yeah. So okay. So you you played mites in Shakopee. You, you told us some stories about it. What else? What are your other favorite memories from youth hockey? You know the, the tournaments, the games. What, just talk to us about your youth experience. Well, and, it's got to be you know up in Fargo when you're a peewee and you go to that Fargo tournament with everyone. I mean, or was it Squirt? It's Squirt. Squirt. It's Squirt. Squirt. So I mean, me, Yeta, and Evan were always on the same team for that, and so we'd be up there together in the same hotel. Of course, right Evan Hansen, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Evan. I love Evan. Yeah, big of friend of ours. But um, he, we would always go to the, right when we get there, go to the rink and you get to pin trading. I mean, that was always one of my favorite yeah. things to do. Of course. You, you get there and you go around asking all your buddies and then guys they know and you try to find the best pins and then you trade when you get back to the hotel and 
course the knee hockey when you get the rug burn on your knees because guys are trying so hard and then you wake up the next morning early and tournament starts and it's probably one of my favorite things that i've done since starting hockey i think that's one of the highlights for a lot of the guys that come up through any program here is their favorite thing is going up to Fargo. Uh, I I remember going to playing some of the senior nights for you guys this year. Obviously I was in the stands watching, working for part of the team, but uh, during some of the senior nights, some of the players at Prior Lake or Rosemont or some of these places when they had their senior night, they're like, oh, what's one of your favorite memories from hockey? And there was always at least one guy that would say going up to Fargo as a squirt. And that's been, I think, a staple of kind of Minnesota hockey is when you're a squirt, you always want to go up to the Fargo Invitational and play up there. I actually have a quick story I'll go over. I remember my first year Peewee, or first, first year squirt A, with Bigouette, Roeder, all of those guys, Dawson, Matt Loiselle, one of my favorite groups of guys to play with. I always played high school with them. Uh, I remember we played the Fargo Angels, and that was like one of the pins that everybody always wanted. They were very rare to come by. Could never get one of those. <laughs> I think I got like two or never. three of them. Uh, but I always end up buying them. <laughs> never could trade for them. It was unreal. But we had to play them. It was like the second day. But for some reason, all the scheduling messed up. And we had to play them at four in the morning. What? Four in the morning. So we were staying at the hotel. And we remember, I we got wait the, time out. Hold on. So the schedule said four a.m. Four a.m. and it was at it not wasn't like the game went into a bunch no, of overtime. No, you just had a scheduled game at four a.m. Yes, you're getting there because Fargo had to play. They got something happened with one of their teams, and I remember I rode it. It was my dad, Joe Roder's mom, and me and Joe. We rode together in the freezing cold to that game um, at. We had to get up at like three in the morning. We had a game. It got done at like ten thirty. Went right back to the hotel. Everybody went to bed, and we had to wake up at like three in the morning because it wasn't at one of the regular rinks that they played all the tournaments. It was at like some other Fargo rink, and I think it was like their home rink. I remember we were going into it like everybody was tired and whatever. Uh, and but I remember the one thing that all the guys were talking about in the locker room before the game that we were all half asleep at was after the game because you exchange pins with the other team after the games. So all the te- you basically you're guaranteed a pin. So you want to play the good teams. Oh, so you guys are good yeah. good with the 4 a.m. game because you got the Because pin. we was- got to get the the cool pin. to get the dang Unreal. pin. I mean. And that was the highlight memory for me at the Fargo tournament. Did you guys win the game? No, we got abs- <laughs> I think they we were, lost by they five. They were good. That's why everyone wanted their pin. And like, sure. like Moorhead, you always wanted Moorhead's pin. Yeah. So they were good. They only gave out so many pins. Yeah. So they made it exclusive. Yeah. Right. That's that's good. Okay. That's smart. Good for yeah. them. But that that was my memory, and I don't know that my story might be a little boss, but I remember it was a four a.m. game that we had to be up for, and I remember the parents that because we got back at like eleven that night from our game, and they all the parent. I just remember all the parents complaining in the cars about having to be up in like f- four hours to go. The they, didn't, they didn't care about the pins. Guys. No. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't <laughs> They're up there to hang out with the parents and yeah. sit around the pool while we're screwing around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering now, it, Maybe what do you think those kids were like in mites? Because you guys obviously were really good in mites, and you told the stories about that. But I'm guessing they, these guys would have skated circles around you in mites too then, huh? I mean, I guess we don't we don't go up to North Dakota and play those guys. Maybe we got to start a mite league and scrimmage other mite teams across the state. I'm I mean, not someone to get really skated around personally. <laughs> or, but, you know, 
<laughs> if someone does, I mean, props to them. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so you, you obviously played youth. Did you? What other experiences? You know, we talked HP. What other teams and experiences? You know, AAA summer teams. Yep. Other fun things you did hockey wise growing up. Well, growing up, I played actually over at uh, Dakota for uh, Joe Pankratz, the uh, Minnesota Magicians AAA team. Who, yep. he's the head coach of the Prior Lake High School team, but. I mean, ever since probably squirts every summer, I'd go over there and practice and play all single every single summer. And I he, he was a great coach. He helped me learn a lot yep. and really grew close to him. And after every single game in high school, I'd talk to him after and say hi. And you know, we he's going to be a coach that I'll always be close to, regardless. Mm -hmm. And he's always there for me, and I'm there for him. So yep. that was probably one of the biggest things that I've always done. And I was always excited for it every single year, and it was great. Yep, Coach Pankratz is I got a lot of respect for him. He does a good job. I think that that's part of why in the last episode I talked about those guys will be back when we were talking about the section. Like he's gonna he's gonna get them right, no question. And um, so you played with the the AAA magicians. Did you do like the velocity three on threes, or did you do any of the other experiences? Nope. Never did any of that stuff. I never so how'd you get to away. be such a good skater? Right, that's your that's your calling card. It's your trademark. Right, you've got you've got legs and edges that are uh, that are at the high end of the the spectrum. How, where'd that come from? Morning, Honestly, I have no clue. The morning skates? No. Like, morning skates at Eden Prairie when we'd go I over. I mean, like with with Joe uh, over in Eden Prairie, he's the assistant head coach. Um, yeah, competition. I mean, yeah, uh, he. He we would do a lot of skill stuff for him. He was a defenseman coach, and of course, I was a, I was a forward or a defenseman moving into forward when we were working with him. Yeah, and he always pushed me to be a defenseman, but I I, I was always wanting to be a forward because I like scoring goals. But we would I have no clue where my skating came from because I was always just fast throughout mites and squirts, and I didn't know where it came from because at the squirts they did this like thing where you did a bunch of like skills before the mm -hmm, whole tournament yes. started and yep. i won the race one one year but i got Shocking. disqualified because <laughs> i hit a cone or something stupid. <laughs> so they added a second and i lost but we don't need to talk about that but, <laughs> so you won didn't follow the rules and you lost you know and it's we don't want to talk about it happens to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> but i i mean i worked with a skating coach for a little bit who i met through playing ice edge through eden prairie one year because I did that for like a year, but I mean, I've always had my skating. I don't know where I, where I got it from. It was just naturally good. I mean, my older brother played hockey, but I mean, he was always super small and wasn't the fastest kid. So, I mean, I guess I just figured it out. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Your skating is, is it's noticeable. And, uh, you know, because Yere said the morning skates, but you, if you were doing them too, you're skating. I mean, you had a lot of good qualities, Yere, but your skating didn't look like Jackson's. I wish. Yeah. Those morning skates were oh, absolutely tough. fun but brutal. Tough. Waking up through in the summer at five eight thirty in the morning to be at the rink before six to get on there and be done by seven. It's a grind, especially when you're going into the high school season and you got to be doing that when there's school starting. You got to be back here to shower yep. and get to school. Totally. Well, let's talk about let's let's go back to Shockby hockey. Let's talk about Bantams. You, you played one year Bantams. Um, you know, I think people that aren't in it don't fully realize it, but Bantams in District 6, if your team's not there, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, it especially tough if you're year. playing double A, you know, or, or even A, it's it's really challenging. Um, you know, I, we don't even necessarily go into like all the, the, the challenges that happen, but, 
you know, what do you remember about that Bantam experience? Because uh, I think part of that, coupled with what was, you know, happening with the high school team, was, you know, a, a catalyst for why you only played one year and then came and played uh, with the high school team as a freshman. So just talk to us about your Bantam experience and then we'll jump into talking about the high school. My Bantam experience was good. It was fun. Um, it was long. I got hurt, which was got me out for a couple months, which was tough. But, you know, grew through that and we didn't win a lot, which was mentally tough for us because we played so many good teams, especially being put into double A that year or not that year, but the year before they were good. And mm -hmm. then we came because all those guys went to go play high school after the big away, Dawson, Yede, Evan, you know, I mean, it was, it was tough because you would just go into every game thinking, well, here's, here's another loss. I mean, I mean, I didn't, I didn't fall short of like putting up points or anything, but when you're that young, you don't care about points. You just care about winning. Mm -hmm. And then it grows into your high school year and you're like, well, is this going to be my high school career too? Or are we just going to keep losing? And I was, I, that's kind of how I made my decision on like, I'm not going to play bandos again. I'm going to go out to high school and see what I can do there to help. Cause I mean, I have stuff that I knew I was good at. So I was like, why not go up there and try to help? And I felt like I did pretty well just going, especially a year early and seeing all your friends still in Bantams and you're losing out on experiences and less games playing time and stuff, you know? Totally. It was a grind. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, Bantams in district six, um, all district six games, squirts, peewees, Bantams, they, they, they're tough at the double A level, right? We, we, we've named most of the teams. It's the Minnetonka. It's the Dine. These are really rich history, hockey programs, uh, Eden Prairie, you know, you can go on and on prior Lake, you got all these good teams in there. So, yeah, when when the depth isn't fully there, it's tough to win. And when you're not winning, you know, guys at the the 14 age group, 15, it, they, they can get really tough on each other, right? And um, things can get, you know, a little bit uh, not so fun to be at the rink at times. So I think for you it was, uh, hey, I had an injury. I had, you know, we didn't win a lot. Um, we also had coaches that were not dedicated really to us, which was kind of tough. We had sure. two coaches that both left us. One coach left midway through the season, so we only had one. Yeah, and he, you know, tried his best, but you you can't coach a double A team with one guy. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So there were a lot of moving parts there. So I think it kind of soured the experience. And you know, I think it's important to be open at that time. Um, I think you're also, you know, eighth grade, so you're going to go into your ninth grade year. This is when once you lock in, for those that don't know, when you lock in ninth grade, that's your eligibility or starts, right? So you can't go ninth grade one school, then tenth grade. Well, we kind of see it with all these other teams. It just seems to happen, right? Uh, and they can just jump into it. But you're also considering maybe it shocked me the school for me, right? Because like you said, we're losing. Is this what it's going to be? You know, were you considering another school? And what was that process like? I did have another school reach out. It was, of course, I wanted, I thought about like, because it was a great educational school for me to get an education and a lot of help throughout stuff because I struggled in school, of course. But, you know, I wanted to stick around and stick to where I've always played and it didn't feel right leaving here, all my friends and everything behind and coming to play them again, you know, I mean... And looking back on it, it was a great decision because we went to that team the first game of the season and we beat them and it felt awesome. Yep. And I had a friend on we have we all have a friend on that team who was the goalie. And it was, I mean, I live across the street from him. Sure. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine, played soccer with him growing up. And it yep, felt good family. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a younger brother in our band. He, yeah. Program. I love, love Fletcher too. Yep. Shout out to them, the Reinhards. Yep. But Fletcher you know, man, yep. of course. Yeah. So, so you were, you were 
considering it, uh, maybe even uh, being approached by them to to jump in with them. Uh, ultimately, made the decision to to stay, um, but also felt like kind of if I'm going to do that, uh, I want to try my hand at high school and, and yep. see what that looks like, right? And so, and and from I remember from our perspective, I remember sitting down with your mom um, at a at a coffee shop and just kind of talking through like part of my focus was, okay, where's Jackson at? Like, what was the experience like for Jackson? I know what the team went through. I saw the wins and losses. I talked to the coaches, you know, went to the hockey stuff and meetings about the teams and, and the Bams. Where's Jackson at? What's what's his thought process? And so getting a better understanding of that, um, you know, helped me feel like, yeah, he is, he's ready for this and, and, we, and we need to push him, even if he's not going to be an everyday varsity guy, because uh, we can help him develop and get ready to be that guy. And so then you did that. You jumped in, you play your freshman year, um, and you scored what fifty goals or what was what was freshman year like? I mean four points. One goal, three assists. I think that's what I had to my sophomore year because we came up at the same time. We did. Yeah. So yeah. I think we both had four points. I think I got what one goal, three assists, same as you. So didn't play very much. No. So I think the critics would say that, that that was a wasted experience that you should have played Bantams and and you're shaking your head. Tell me why. Why why do you feel like that's not a wasted experience and that it was the right move for you despite not being productive on the stat sheet? Well, first off, it was all the practices I was able to go to. I mean, I could I was able to go to varsity and JV practices, which was double the ice time for me that whole year, which is getting me a lot better. Yep. And I'm getting different coaches' perspectives on what I need to do and figure out to get slowly better. And as you can see through the years, I've gotten better, which was very helpful for me. And freshman year, of course, wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna be a glorious year. Like, of course, like Cooper Simpson had an amazing freshman year. Like, I wish that was me, but it, it's just not reality. Sure. And for me, it was amazing, an amazing experience to be able to be in that room with such older guys too. And just hang out and feel like you're part of the team and be able to put work in at such a young age and grow. Totally. So it, it, you said a couple of things I think are really important. So number one, the practices, right? And and you were a swing guy, so you were getting some varsity minutes. Yeah. Um, and so we were having you practice with both. So you got a lot of ice, right? Whereas Bantams, you're, you're getting good ice. You're definitely getting a good amount of games. Um, but we go Monday through Saturday. So one of those days, you're either in a game or you're on you're, you're on the ice practicing. You, the variance of coaching, right? So you're getting a lot of different coaches' perspectives, um, really getting pushed. And, and we knew who you were, right, and what you were, what you could be with good coaching and push. So we made sure to, to push you and hold you accountable and not let you walk in and walk out without, you know, uh, just kind of going out there for a skate. Um, and I think that that really helped you. Um, so, yeah, I, I and I think – the points came. Of course, we know that, right? And we're going to get into you know talking about you know how productive your 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 career was as a high school player. But I think also your passion for hockey, your passion for you know saber hockey, um, and and the city of Shakopee swelled and grew out of that experience too. You were already there. You already wanted to play with your buddies, and you saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, wow, if I put work in, this is what I can be and what I can do with this. Um, so for that, I, I I look back hindsight in the moment. I thought it was the right play, but hindsight, I still look back and say, yeah, that was the right play for you yeah. uh, personally. And I also think it was the right thing for a team and program, you know, to get you in there because you pushed and you worked, and there was never a question of your work ethic. That's yeah. not been an issue um, at practices and games. Um, you know, obviously getting to do the right things in the right situations. That's part of coaching, but yep. for sure. And I think that this is something that for anyone listening that is in the Wherever you are, if you're a Shockby kid or not, family, it's the thing about 
playing with older guys, but I think the biggest thing for us, I mean, you lived down the street from me. Evan was my next door. We had our group, our friend group of guys who played hockey together, who lived thankfully very close together. We were able to hang out outside of hockey as well, but that was the biggest thing I think for us was we bonded because we wanted to see our community grow and our team get better. Cause I remember, I don't even remember much going to any high school games or much when I was younger because we just weren't as good. And now I think it, you see it, you see more youth kids, you see all of that, all the kids coming to the high the varsity game, seeing what they, they want to be a high school player here now. And I think it's very important for kids coming up. Obviously there's a lot of obviously different schedule. You're practicing more like a professional athlete. You got to do different training stuff, but it's good to bond with the guys your age. Obviously, you'll get the knowledge and the other, the leadership qualities and that stuff from the older guys, the seniors, the juniors, when you're a freshman or you're a sophomore coming up. But it's, I think that was our biggest thing was we had a good group of like five guys that really loved playing hockey. We loved being together. And obviously, we've had, we all had our rough moments. You and me, me and Evan, you and like Joe, all of us, we did. And that's just part of being guys and playing. It's brotherhood. As, yeah, it's brotherhood. It you you got you to fight uh, in practice to be able to fight in a game. Well, I and, mean, every winter, we're at his house. He's yeah. got a backdoor rink. I mean, we're skating out there for hours, freezing our feet, toes. I mean, maybe too much time together, right? Problem. That's what happened. Right? <laughs> you spend a lot of yeah. time together, and eventually, you know, you you stop being so, you know, tight and professional, and you, you get a little loose, and the chirps fly a little bit harder, and then uh, eventually it comes to a head. And you know, you said fight at practice, so you can fight on the ice. Obviously, we don't fight for real. Yeah. So the listeners, we're not talking about yeah. like actually dropping the gloves, and and but you know, f- fighting for your 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 position on the team, fighting for you know your say in the in the things and and all that stuff too. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's all all really good points. You know, I before we talk about you know you and, and and Cooper linking up, you then played a sophomore year. So your sophomore year was kind of your your breakout experience. Okay. Um, you know, you've you've been the MVP of the team the last three years. Um, you know, obviously there's other players that are, are really good and mean a whole lot to the team, and, and for for various reasons. And we talked a little bit about it on the last show as to why you got it this year. But um, talk to us about your sophomore year. You know, transitioning from freshman, did you feel a sense of like? I'm going to take over. I'm going to step in or, or, you know, what did you feel going into that, that season? I didn't think too highly about it until I got there and I realized like, I'm keeping up with these kids now. Like I was growing, I was getting physically more able to stand up because freshman year, I was really small. I was not as big as those senior kids who look back at an hour. Those freshmen are almost just as big as me, which is kind of nuts, but (laughs) you know, I was half the size of Luke Schmidt and all those guys, Thomas Wilkie, all those guys who, I mean, they wouldn't, they were not bullying me. They would, they would just play hard on me, which was, which is what I liked. It made me better now, but my sophomore year, it was a grind because COVID hit and I only got to play 19 or how many games it was. And I wasn't able to put up my full potential of points, which was hard. And I just did my best and worked hard and played where I was told. And, you know, I trans, I mean, I also went into uh, how like freshman year I was playing defense and then sophomore year I switched to forward, which was probably one of the best decisions I've made because I mean, I just, 
I, I was a I was a playmaker. I was a goal scorer and did well. And I think that's where it just shot up from there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always a transition year to year. You have different line mates. Uh the the COVID year was tough on everyone across the world, yeah. right? Um, so, so we're not alone in that, but of course it's just tough. You're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more confident and you only get so many games. And then of course our playoff experience got taken away. So you didn't even get a chance to really get your feet wet in a playoff atmosphere either that season. Um, and, and, and obviously those seniors got that taken away from them. So that's tough. And then, okay. So then we, we jump into junior year, right. And things really start to take off. And you talked about, you know, Simpson having a great freshman year. Um, one could argue uh, without taking anything away from, from Simpson that, you know, him playing with you really helped him fast track the process, you know, being a good player at the high school level. Cause you guys were, you know, kind of a one, two punch. And then for this year, we're no question a one, one, two punch. Um, talk to us just about playing with Cooper the last couple of years. You, know, you didn't get to play with them the full slate of the season this year. That was no. coaches' decisions as we were working through optimal lineups and also um, allowing other guys to acclimate to have good, confident players out there as they got ready and prepared to play high school hockey and in the playoffs. But just talk to us about playing with Cooper and what that was like and your experience. Um, playing with Cooper was probably one of the best things ever because, I mean, he – He's scoring from wherever you want, wherever he wants to. Puck is on his stick. It's probably going in the back of the net. It's beyond hard to stop him, especially when he is trying. Sometimes he'll make <laughs> it known that he's not trying and that you <laughs> feel good about yourself and all that crap. I laugh, but I don't think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> but um, playing with him was awesome. I mean, we would just find each other everywhere on the ice, regardless of what it was. I mean, I remember one, we were playing PL last year. I think it was when we beat, or yeah, last year, last season, but we beat them. And I got the puck and somehow found him. I didn't even know where he was. I didn't even look up. I didn't see where he was. But I just threw the puck where I know he would be, and he was there, and it was an amazing goal. And there's just little things like that where I remember, like, we just connected so well. And my speed and his hands, it was just undeniably hard to stop. I mean, when we, you could see it when we played, like, Minnetonka the first time in yep. sections. Yep. I mean – we were up after the first period yep. and we made it. It's such a hard battle. And it was all because me and Cooper were just grinding. I mean, of course the whole team was there and our centerman that year, Joe Roder, were oh, such a dog. I mean, he, yep. he worked through Roder's a lot, a especially taking on the role of controlling a junior and a freshman together on your line. You gotta, you got a little bit of work there. You guys do. are easy personalities though. You're just happy all the yeah, time. I mean, You're never you, upset, right? There's, there's, one puck's enough for the two of you, right? I mean, you might need four. Sometimes we got a little, <laughs> a little at each other about who, when the puck should get to wherever and passing and you know stuff. But I mean, the points just came and goals fell. Games were won, and it was it was a great experience of them and everyone else who was involved with both years. I was with Cooper, so yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you had uh, a pretty historic. Uh, you know, career. Uh, one thing that you know we wanted to talk about was the the career points. You know, reaching a hundred career points um, is no easy task at all. Again, we talk about Cooper making it look easy. Did it in, in two seasons. Um, you did it more or less in three. You had the four point freshman year, but that was more of a development year. Effectively makes you since we've been class double A the first ever in Shockby history to to reach a hundred points. Just talk to us about what that means. 
you know, if this may be a great time to offer credit or, or love to anybody else that you played with that, that helped fuel you, or even, you know, you, you talked about some of your past coaches, you know, I know, I know mom you know, pushes you and, and, and Tracy wants to see you succeed and, and, and just talk to us about, you know, the hunter career and what that means. Well, I want to say shout out to my mom. Cause I know she'll be listening to this. So mom, love you. Thanks, Hi, for, always, thanks for always pushing me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was never really like in the, like, of course, through sophomore and into junior year, it was never really into my mind. But that junior summer, when I looked at like my total, I was like, I mean, I only need 40 something more points, 50 something more points. And I was like, that's, it's, it's doable for the, I mean, for how much I've grown and I was growing each year, I was like, I, I can do that. And I mean, with Cooper growing and us just becoming a better team, it was undeniable that I felt like I was going to reach it. I wasn't going to push for it. Like if I didn't get it, I wasn't going to be mad. Of course, if Cooper gets more points than me, which he did, I wasn't going to be mad about it. I just wanted the team to do well and for us to do well. And the points came. It happened. I didn't even really know it happened because um, I was on the other side of the ice. But Linus went and grabbed the puck, and mm -hmm. that game was a struggle for me. It was a rough game. But, I mean, it was it was an unforgettable experience. And, I, I mean, I reached it, which was awesome. It was a great feeling, and um, probably was one that of my the sick game. Was that the game you weren't feeling well? No, that was that was North. I got hit. It was North. So I got earlier that I think it was earlier that game or later that game. I got like hit into the boards really weird, and I screwed up my back. Oh sure, yep, yep. And oh, I got yeah. like I got rattled pretty bad that game, and we, it was a dogfight of a game. I mean, everyone was playing physical, but yep. it. I mean, it just happened. Cooper put up two shorthanded goals that game, and I think it was the first one was when I got my point because I assisted it because he just he walked in and made the goalie look. Like how he does to every single goalie, yep. but you know, it was unbelievable. Well, I I remember coming in because I was running social media. I remember coming in. They had the puck taped up after we did the little celebration in the locker room, and I was tell because you said your back was a little messed up. I tried to tell you to stand up and come over to the wall so I could get a picture. Like, dude, I can't stand up. Just take the picture <laughs> while I'm sitting down. So you go look on the Saber Hockey Instagram. You can find Jackson with his puck smiling, sitting down. But a lot of mixed great. emotions that game. It really was. <laughs> Went from happy to sad to almost puking on the bench. I was so dizzy, my head was pounding. So, sure. but you know, coach always asks you on the bench, especially after something like that happens, if you want to go back out. And the answer is never a no. Good you right. always want to go back out. So. Of course, yeah. Because it ends, right? It comes out. to a close at some point, right? Yeah. So you look back now, and you're you're glad you muscled through yeah. and and made it happen. I mean, especially through that flu game. Talk about muscling through a game. That was terrible. <laughs> Let's talk about the flu game. Just briefly, you brought it up, right? That was a... It, I, I, your character really showed through there and you battled. Um, and it was it was cool to see you uh, put that type of performance on display while you weren't you weren't feeling your best. Um, you know, obviously there's the... Everybody always talks about Michael Jordan and his flu game and whatnot. And I'm not trying to say you're Michael Jordan, of course. You're, you're Jackson Vogel, but... Um, Soon to be. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so talk to us about it. I mean, it was it was a tough experience. It was a great experience, though, from knowing how I can feel and knowing that I can play through those type of things is what made it honestly better. I mean, I had, I had going into that game, I just wanted to be there for the team, and that's why, that's why I solely got the stuff I did before the game. I got an IV, tried to help me. I had a ton of friends who were reaching out, and, of course, I had Dustin who helped me a lot through it, got me stuff. You got me stuff that night before when I was – not feeling too well. And yeah, I dropped off some like, soup and all the things. And it was like... Some of the stuff were not my favorite. Definitely were... Yeah, it makes, 
could not go down that night. For, you know, I tried. Coconut water. Well, my, so my wife's dialed in. She knows all the stuff. She's she's great. And so I, I text her and said, hey, Jackson's down. What, what should he get? And she told me the stuff. And so I ran to the store and dropped it at the front door. Of course, yeah. I didn't want to actually like come in contact. So I don't want to get sick. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, and so that was a game where you you weren't feeling well. You did everything you could to get yourself there. And then even during the game, I recall like, you know, Coach Culleton's looking over like, hey, you need Jackson. I'm like, well, Jackson's back there hugging the garbage. I, I don't know if he's throwing up, but I I think he's thinking about it. And maybe he is. So find a different guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I sat back there for a while <laughs> contemplating if I was going to throw up. And I mean... I knew I had to get back out there. I think it was a burp, wasn't it? Something, something. All of a sudden, it you was. came back and you're like, "I needed that." <laughs> it was. And then I you went there. out there and had a big, big shift. I sat there and the trainer actually patted my back pretty hard a couple of times, and it, it burp just came out. And I went back out there. I felt like crap, and I, I don't know how I tucked to that game, but I did. Yep. And it, I, I mean, I went back into the locker room and I almost hurled one up again. And it <laughs> was, it was a long game. Of Me and Carson were both sick actually that game. Yep. Carson was going through it too. He just got done with surgery from i don't know what he had but we both were going through it and we both pushed through it and it was it was a great experience yeah actually i don't think he had surgery yet i think it was after that game he got surgery so, so you would call that a great experience from your part i called it an amazing experience i mean <laughs> today now that i can today, back during, today, the, time, during the time when i was sitting on the floor in my bathroom it was not a great experience <laughs> today now it's a, now it's i look back and i can pretty much push through anything at that point i mean i was i had nothing left in my stomach but acid <laughs> Gotta love any it. other uh, any other teammates you, that you you played with that you really enjoyed or that you want to talk about or um, that that you'll miss playing with? Miss playing with? I mean, I'll miss every single person I played with. I mean, they're all great teammates, but some past teammates like Thomas Dawson always pushed me, especially in the weight room. Always pushed me. Was there for me even to this day. Like uh, I'll text him here and there, just say what's up. You know, see how his journey's going. He's doing well, of course, because. Thomas Dawson, you can never be having a bad day. He can't. And he's a horse, and he's like a one finger pull up guy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he is nuts. Yeah, how strong he is. I mean, that whole grade was nuts. I mean, I walked in the into the weight room that freshman year, and they're all benching hundred pound dumbbells, and I'm sitting there with like forties, thirties. I'm like, yep. God, this is. Well, I got to work to do. From a coach's perspective, that's part of what I wanted to expose you guys to. Is I had this group that it, I mean, as competitive as a group as I've ever coached, and they just they push and they work and they push and they work. And it's like, you need to get into this. And even if it's just the practices, you'll get better and you'll learn this is what it takes yeah. right, to, to, to succeed. And so that's why I'm so big on, you know, when we're having success, we want a big playoff game. We, you know, we, like that's a, it's a, a culmination of, of success happening over time. Right. So those guys, in my opinion, and even those before are just as involved in the process oh, yeah, of that happening. Sure. Right. As the guys that were on the ice and that's all really important. Yeah. So. I mean, they, they did a lot for it, especially me and all the young guys like Yede. They they worked us, they pushed us, they of course let us enjoy the good moments with them and stuff. But I mean when it was needed, they pushed us and it helped us grow to where we are now as a double A team who's won a playoff game, going through a lot of struggles over the years, and it's it's worked out well, I think. Of course. Yeah, no, I I remember I was in the weight room with Jackson. I was like, maybe I'll just slide because I'm the age in between, right in between the groups of Jackson's two years younger than those guys. I'm only one year, but I've played on both sides. Those guys didn't get to play with Jackson until senior or their high school experience. And I, I played with both those groups throughout youth. And I was like, maybe there was times where I'd bounce in between, but I remember in the weight room, I was more, uh, 
down with Jackson and them. I'm like, I'm gonna go over here with my 30s and 40s sure. instead of <laughs> they're over there. They got like four guys crowded around. You got Biggie or you got one of those guys or got the big dumbbells or they're squatting the tunnel weight. I'm just like, dude, yeah, I'll nuts. watch from the other side of the way. I'll clap for you, yeah, of course. but I'll uh, I'll, I'll watch them. them in. It was a skating drill or something. That's all I had on them. I mean. Yeah, like, we when you're doing sprints at six in the morning, all you want to do is throw up, and you yep. got those guys pushing you. So I mean, it felt good. Yep. But I mean, it was a grind. Any other, any other guys you want to highlight? Obviously, you highlighted those guys. Any from this past season or the season before? Or, you know, we talked about a lot of them. But. Of course, Alexi Houston, one of my great friends of brother of Yede, um, always there for me. Skated together for years. Evan Hansen, you know. You know the guys are listening. Like if he doesn't say uh, my name, I'm, I'm texting him. <laughs> I, I, I can't, you're you're going to get 20 texts off of it. every single name. There's oh, wow. so many guys that have done so much for me and pushed me. I mean, of course, this past year, Ben and Lar. I was going to say the Tur- Turks I have Lahr, to. Like, I have don't to say our they, name. Just, I mean, they, they helped me get through a lot because they always pushed me mentally is what I'd like to call it. Yep. Um, and physically, Lar was not the easiest guy to be pushing around out there on the ice. <laughs> of course. Turcotte always worked hard, but they, you know, they would joke around with me and stuff, and it gave me some thicker skin yep. to use when I'm in juniors and stuff because junior guys are not the nicest people either. So of course, yeah. They, but, well, they're all after it now. It's it's they they oh, all yeah. want to you know go where where everyone's trying to go once you start to play juniors, just play college, and and hopefully turn that into a you know pay me to play a pro pro career. So um, cool. Well, let's segue into that. Let's talk about what you're doing now. And and you mentioned juniors. You know, you tended with Aberdeen. I know these things, but I'll just ask. You know, are you are you there now? Um, obviously, you're here now recording it. But you know, what, what's going on with Aberdeen and what other opportunities in terms of hockey? Uh, where can the fans watch you? How can we follow Jackson? You know, as he goes forward yeah. at, at this moment. So I was in Aberdeen uh, this past month practicing with the team. Uh, just came back last week for uh, the start of the school, the end of my last quarter of school for high school. I'm going to a camp here soon, but uh, should be. I do have a lot of opportunities for after high school, so I will be playing regardless next year. Doesn't I don't know where yet because I've got a lot of places. So there's the USHL draft coming up. I'm hoping to be in that, you know, colleges and all that. I plan to play college hockey, so just got to see where the road takes me, and I'm just following it and living my life. Of course, of course, and it's, you know, mid-afternoon here, almost 3 o'clock, and you're uh, like, hey, we got to make sure this this is over here. Uh, oh, yeah, I got to get the practice. A little bit, so. <laughs> can't, can't miss practice. You know, I got to build stuff around the practice, nothing for hockey. You're what I call a penguin. Um, you know, all the guys are. They, they can't be too far from the ice uh, when they start to go a little out of whack. They have to get on the ice every X amount of hours or minutes or days or whatever it is, so I'm sure we're... Uh, I'm always on the ice. Regardless of where I am, I'm on the ice. I like and it. I'm, ex- I'm excited for the future. Oh, Yuri, any other uh, questions, uh, hard-hitting questions here for, for Mr. Vogel? I was just going to ask, what if you had to choose one college, like if you had every college, Division One school, and they had an offer for you, full scholarship ride, what school are you choosing? Definitely not UND. Oh, come on. <laughs> Um, you know, one school I've always liked was St. Cloud. And of course my brother goes to, went to school there. Um, I've always liked them. Of course there's the Gophers, but I don't, I don't know if I'd ever go play for the Gophers as much as I love them. They're just not the type of style I play. Mm -hmm. And compared to St. Cloud where it's a gritty, hard hitting type of team where I like to play, you know, that's, I'd probably where I like to go or like a UMD. 
somewhere where there's a lot of more speed and hard-hitting games. Yeah, and I think that plays into conference style, right? And, yeah. and how we how their opponents stack up and how they have to play, um, for sure. And just for the record, you know, for the um, for the coaches at UND, you know, Carl Gehring <laughs> and the guys there, um, you would accept. I would a, totally accept if it was the if it was on the table and I had nothing else. About it. Yeah. So 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 Carl Carl's a, a a friend and so Carl he would accept. He's just it would the question was asked in a perfect world, you know, and, and he's got a fan here and he's just giving his buddy a hard time by saying not your favorite. Giving two buddies a hard time, of course. Evan Hansen knows this yeah, one too well. But no, I obviously possibly run social media again next year. All I know is wherever you end up, it's going to be retweeted, reposted. Uh, all your big hits and your goals will be up on our Twitter feed. Look at our shiny alumni over here doing all this stuff good after playing for the Sabres. So we, we know I've played with you. A lot of the guys play, they know, guys on the team that's still playing, they know you'll do a lot of great things. We're really excited to have you here today and we know we're excited for you for anything that you do from now on because i'm expecting and about a year maybe two three years i'm be in my jersey whatever college it is with vogel right on the back cheering for you hey man i'm excited for that time too it'll come soon enough absolutely absolutely i got one last question for him Uh, this is his chance his moment um, cause there's, you know, I, I, I can't skate them. I can't bench them. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe I could try and find a way, but that's, that's kind of my, <laughs> my plan. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts about your experience now? You've had four years where I've coached you. Yep. Um, you know, what are the things you enjoyed and what are the things you didn't enjoy, um, about me being the coach? And this is your opportunity to be as critical as you want and tell the, tell the people. Well, of course I loved every practice. There was always the hard ones, you know, Growing up, I had some tough coaches. Chris Huth knows this one. He he never pushed us lightly at practice. So when I was coming in, it was no high expectations. It was we'll see how he does. And it was your first year when I came in. I'm pretty sure. Or was it the? Or was it your second year? A year two. It was year, it was year two, two when we came yeah. up. So yeah, it was your second year, and I was I was excited. And you know, throughout my four years, I had my ups and downs, and you were there for me to help me through those and. I mean, every time I had a problem on the ice or a question, you were always there for me. And I, I mean, I never had a bad experience with you as a coach. And it was it was nice to always have such a close, tight-knit family of coaches, especially now. Of course, Weber isn't here, but Weber was one of them. Shout out to Webbs. Shout out to oh, Webbs. Yeah. You yep. know, love him. Uh, Colton this year. Ferns, of course. Big bully. Loves me. Love him. You know, <laughs> always got jokes to throw at each other. But, you know, it was, it was a great experience. I mean... Of course, now having practiced with juniors, it's a little tougher compared to high school. But, you know, you pushed us exactly how I thought you would have going into freshman year. And it was it was a great experience. Well, that's great. I, I, I appreciate that. You weren't too critical. I was holding my breath. Um, but that's <laughs> uh, that's it means a lot. And I, I think you've been, you know, a great uh, ambassador for the program. I think you'll continue to do that. So. Um, you know, like like Yuri said, we'll be we'll be rooting for you um, as you move forward and and continue playing and and growing as a young man. Uh, thank you guys for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we want to thank you for making it all the way to the end. Hit that follow button to save our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast and want to show your support, we encourage you to leave us a five star rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you at the rink.